Mouthing Off is a theater, arts, and culture podcast from Bad Mouth Theater Company in St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm Amanda Forstrom. I'm Kevin Couchman. And I'm Mari Sidner. Mouthing Off features compelling interviews and discussions with creators and artists from around the Twin Cities and beyond. Tune in for something different online where you get your podcasts at badmouthtc.com and on the air in St. Paul from Frogtown Radio 94.1 FM. We hope you enjoy the show. back with another action-packed episode of Melting Off, a theater, arts, and culture podcast coming to you on Frogtown Radio 94.1 FM and over the inner tubes, wherever you get your podcasts. We are Badmouth Theater Company, and we have a very exciting production of Sean Raycraft's One Good Marriage coming up in Minneapolis at phoenix theater tickets are on sale now the show runs from may 19th to may 28th and tickets are 25 bucks 20 dollars concession tickets you're not going to find a better night out in the twin cities or anywhere i'll be so bold as to say go to badmouthtc.com for all the deets and you can also go to phoenix theater's website they're right in Uptown. It's on Hennepin. If you're in the area, what's your excuse? We've all been locked down. We've all been binge watching everything, everything we can get our, our eyes on. Isn't it time to get out and see something done live? This is a very exciting new contemporary play. It's had premieres. It's been done before. But if you're here in the Twin Cities, I don't think you've seen it. And Sean is a very talented uh, a writer, playwright. He's crossed over into the, the realm of television. He's written on Mayfair Witches. He even had a, a little part to play writing at the end of the great Canadian series Slings and Arrows. The play is a very tidy two-hander that runs just over 60 minutes, 60 to 70 minutes. We just started rehearsing it, so we can't even really tell you what the runtime is but you're not going to want to miss it it's going to be a very good time i'm directing it and we have with us well my usual partners in crime mari sittner in new york how are you mari doing good it was good to see you guys in person for a couple of days right mari came and visited and of course we we read her play nebraska to a rapturous reception very exciting we're going to be putting the recording of that online at some juncture. Uh, I have yet to get around to engineer it because I'm so busy with rehearsals. But rest assured, that will make its way onto the Badmouth Mouthing Off website, badmouthtc.com. Mari, where are you at with Nebraska now that you uh, had your first reading? That's always nerve-wracking. You know, I'm glad everybody had a good time, and we'll see. we'll see how it is. In about a month or so. Ready for round two, maybe. All right. Very good. Well, guess what? We have our own theater company. No way. No one told me. <laughs> who's who's going to tell you no? And then, of course, one third of the, the core squadron that is Bad Mouth Theater Company is also here. Amanda Forstrom. Amanda, 
how are you holding up now that we've begun to rehearse One Good Marriage and you are one half of the onstage presence of this this great play? How you feeling? Ooh, well, guilty as charged, Amanda Forstrom here, one third of the tripod, I guess, as it were. I'm doing <laughs> well. I am, you know, trying to stick a lot of lines in my head. It's a very unique play. It's a very unique script. It's a very um, interesting structure. I'll say that. I don't want to give too much away, which is challenging a bit in the memorization. But I am so, so excited to uh, share this story with Minneapolis-St. Paul and the greater Twin Cities. And hey, if you want to come in from Iowa, Wisconsin, the Dakotas, we'll take you. We love you. Come see us. 25 bucks. Who who wouldn't love it? Right. And, and I'm getting to do it with one of the most talented, kindest, funniest, just all around good person, one of the most amazing performers chance carol and now keep in mind i will preface it that this is crazy i've worked with chance now this will be with bad mouth theater company's one good marriage this will be the third time within with within i want to say 10 months nine months less than a year which is crazy anyway he's here we're ready to talk to him all things all things chance carol chance how are you hi how I'm so happy to be here. Thank you all for having me. Absolutely. Wow. Mm, three times. Three times. I was thinking, yeah, three times in the year. And then she said 10 months. And I did the math. And I thought that is shockingly accurate. It has only been not even three or four months since we were last on stage together, Amanda. Absolutely. Yeah, it was February. Yeah. Okay, and is... what did you do? So we did a show... Uh, in North Carolina from Rhino Elite Productions, and it was called Company K. So Chance, I feel like since he was a, he revived that show, and I was a newcomer because that show had been produced before. Um, the interesting thing about this time around was that it was put on film. Um, but Chance, tell us about Company K. So yeah, this was the third time that I was involved with Company K, and I think an especially unique experience because, like Amanda said, we not only put it up on stage for a one-weekend engagement, but we then very quickly and immediately, the day we closed, we closed on an afternoon performance, and then that night, we began filming it for what is hopefully going to be a potential premiere on PBS North Carolina. That is what we are hoping for. But Company K is, it is actually a really incredible story. It is the story of Company K from Randolph County, North Carolina in World War I, who were at the front of the push to break through the Hindenburg line to get the allies into France to defeat the Kaiser. Um, and this was at a time when uh, all army companies were localized. They were pulling from counties and towns as opposed to nowadays where companies are randomized. And it is because of this, because these men pushed through to get the allies in and they lost 95% of their young men. And this entire county lost an entire generation of young men 
fighting for what they knew was good and right and true. And this story had been lost to time until the town of Asheboro, North Carolina, wanted to commemorate the 100th anniversary of the battle. And they dug deep into their archives in the library and the historical society. And they not only found photos, they found letters from the soldiers from Europe and from their loved ones. And they then, the library and historical society went to the artistic director of Rhino Leap and said, hey, we would love for you to commission a play for this. And they looped in the playwright Barbara Presnell, who uh, is actually a direct descendant of one of the men who actually survived the battle. And she compiled letters from them and their families and also threaded the story with poetry of her own. She is a published uh, local poet and it tells the story of these kids, these farmer children uh, forming their militia, getting conscripted by the army and going to basic training and heading over there. And it is an incredibly human story. It's an incredibly touching story. And I think it's also incredibly powerful because it is this, it is not only honoring their memory, but it is also talking very explicitly and forthright about the horrors of war and how, how much it takes from us and it gives us nothing. It just takes. And I'm already getting worked up because I just am. I I think it is such an important story to tell to honor these people and also talk about the the pain of their sacrifice and having getting the the absolute blessing of an opportunity to do it a third time and hopefully give it to more than just the live audience was I, I mean just a gift. Yeah, that's and I got to do it with Amanda. Hey, yes. there we go. And I'll ask <laughs> and about the other. Yeah, go ahead, Amanda. No, I was just going to say that I was brought in because of the two company K because of an earlier show that I met Chance on, which was Clue at the amazing Theater Lahamadu in Alexandria, Minnesota. Every Everybody should check them out. It's just the most gorgeous setting. They do really fun shows. They have music. They have um you know, readings and they have uh, a whole bunch of stuff and they're just a great, great theater company in Alexandria, Minnesota. And they did a production of Clue last August, September 2022. And I met Chance. That was the first time we had met. And uh, we read together in an audition and we found out we both got cast and then we were doing the show and it was quite fast. We memorized lines in about two weeks and then we had about two and a half ish weeks of performances. I think there was kind of a half in there. And then I heard Chance mention this show, Company K, and I'm thinking to myself, this is amazing. It's uh, incorporates movement. It's uh, based on something that means a lot to me, uh, veterans affairs and um, anti-war pieces. And I was like, wow, that sounds really awesome. I'm so excited that you're getting a third chance to do it. And he said, well, it's being directed by this guy named Jeremy Skidmore. And I said, wait a second, I know a Jeremy Skidmore. And for all the listeners out there, this is the world of theater. It is very small. 
everybody knows somebody in some city at some show for something. And it's really great that that happens because you have so many more, so much more, so many more connections than you think you do. Sorry, my. How did you know Jeremy? Can give Can you give us a quick little insight into that? Yes, I was just going to make the joke that my grammar is going because I've been working on one good marriage because my character has some issues with grammar. Let's say, <laughs> um, and she's an English teacher, and she's an English teacher. So come find out how that turns out for her. <laughs> yeah, very funny play, dark and funny, which is how yes. I like it. Like your coffee. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. That works. Um, mm. And well, so I had known Jeremy Skidmore from my days in D.C. and we had overlapped. He I was there around 2014, I want to say 2014, 2015. And he had sort of left already, but come back to direct a couple of contracts. And I knew many folks who had been cast in his shows. I auditioned for him a few times was never cast, but that's all right. It took me moving away to Minnesota and him to LA and then North Carolina for the for the show that show to be that happened, uh, which was Company K. And so Chance, uh, I don't know, did you receive a you received like a text or an email that they were looking for the female character um for the show? So each time we had done it, a majority of the cast had returned, and depending on who was available, we had uh, filled the roles that needed filling. And in this particular iteration, I knew there was the potential for uh, the role that Amanda ended up eventually playing that that actor may not be able to return. And so I reached out to Jeremy while we were at Theater Lahamadou doing Clue. And I just said to him, hey, wanted to touch base about this show that we're doing, you know, in a couple months come winter. I also just wanted to let you know that I am doing the show with Amanda, who knows you. We connected over our friendship with you. And if you are potentially looking for someone to fill that role, I have had an incredible time not only getting to know her as a person, but also an incredible time working with her on stage. And in that time, because I was playing Professor Plum and she was playing Yvette, we in the show only had maybe three crossover moments. But in those moments, we very quickly were able to find, I think, artistic kinship in just the way that we communicated, in the way that we like to rehearse, in the way that we like to make people laugh and do dumb stuff. Because there was a particular moment that we worked out very specifically where I was to make an advance on her and she was to hilariously rebuff me back. And, and that was a definite pillar of a memory in that moment to springboard me to reach out to Jeremy, knowing that we had already created a base. And luckily enough, uh, in Company K, our characters were actually love interests. And so we continued to, you know, deepen that artistic connection. And I would say not even a week or two in, Amanda was just like, all right, here it is, the official offer. Do you want to do one good marriage in Minnesota. And it was immediate. I was like, yes, if it's a two-hander with you, yes, let's just do it. Let's, of course I want to. Will you stage marry me? <laughs> Basically. 
Yes, and this crazy guy, Kevin, is going to be directing the whole thing. It's going to be <laughs> great. I'm so glad you said yes. How romantic. How romantic. It was on a port, screened-in porch in North Carolina. <laughs> with and I rain think some, and everything. With <laughs> rain, and I think some of there was like Mario Kart involved or Mario Party video games happening. And I was like, please do this. <laughs> Classic artist housing moment. Yes. Ah, uh, oh, I've stayed in some wild artist housing in the course of my life. I've stayed in a barn. I've stayed in <laughs> a stables, stayed in some crazy places. That is awesome. I'm so glad. And here we are and we're all together and we're making theater. And uh, it's very exciting. This is going to be. And uh, Amanda and I met through a production in D.C., uh, like, a, like a Zoom reading of one of my plays. And. Uh, we sort of got to know each other through social media. And then when I figured out she was moving back to town, this was the first play that you you threw on my desk, Amanda. And you said, if I recall, you know, Kevin, direct this. Do you want to direct this, direct this play? And I said, well, let's start a theater company, right? Is that how it went down? And I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember you being more enthusiastic oh, no. than that. I, yeah, I, yeah. I was more nervous for myself than you as far as oh. like, you know, I I had always wanted to, but mm. I was so nervous because I like it, it, it was real then, mm. you know, mm -hmm. and uh, it's a little scary, you know, being putting out your own, not my own work because you guys are the playwrights. I can't imagine how that feels. Um yeah, but you've been but, in literally everything. Like you've been in every reading. You're a state, you know, a staple. But yeah, go on. But but the the function of producing and and being in things and, you know, and having a, a family and a good work life balance and making time for art, but also, you know, not hurrying through art just to, you know, just to put something up. You want it to be, you know, really good and you want to you want to give it your one hundred and ten percent. So I was a little mm -hmm. nervous, but no, I was very excited because it was something I had started thinking about, honestly, probably since like 2018 yeah it's 20 2017 2018 i had wanted to do it and i wasn't really sure where i wasn't really well, you sure were in when. dc you know yeah, and it's a and, different thing right and and when you're so you know when you're an actor you're trying to chase you know always the next job and line up your season and get auditions and see other shows and see new shows in new york that are going to regional theaters and you know going back and forth in other cities and auditioning in philly and baltimore and you know richmond and uh, you know trying to stack it up and make your living which i was but at the same time i was kind of like oh you know everything i'm doing i'm really grateful for and i'm really happy to be here but it's not necessarily the stuff I would choose to do. And right. and as I got older, the choosing of the thing to spend time on becomes very important. Yeah, you're just playing covers the whole time. Exactly. You're playing your uh, uh, hired hand. And uh, it's, it's not the same as a playwright, because as a playwright, you're writing the song. Mm -hmm. But... It, I'm excited because now it's like, oh, I have the, I'm also in the band. I have mm -hmm. the band uh, that I'm involved in. And so I'm very excited about it. I do think we took it a little slow intentionally. We did our first season of readings. We didn't bite off a, a full production right away, kind of 
built a little bit of a mailing list. We've got a little bit of an audience. We're on the old timey radio, 94.1 hey. FM, Frogtown hey. Radio. We have a podcast. Hey. <laughs> and uh very so that happened. And you know, we sort of built ourselves up with these readings. And we also this all happened during COVID. And mm-hmm. so there was also a great amount of uncertainty. Uh, and it felt like, let's do these readings first. We know we want to read my play. We have these other plays we want to read. Eventually, we want to read one of Mari's too, which we just did. You know, and it's sort of like if a, if a couple of readings get whacked off the rails because of something out of our control, that feels a little less serious than if a production was to get derailed. And I feel like we're in the we're in the clear now. So I cannot wait yeah. to actually see people out in the flesh at Phoenix Theater here in May in Minneapolis for One Good Marriage. You can't get enough of Amanda and Chance. That's where you can find them. And they're going to be. I doing cannot this. wait for people to see this show. I have oh. such, it has infected my, my brain and my life and my soul. I, I have have during my side job today was all I could think about was just noodling over the notes that we had kind of discussed and we were only two rehearsals in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting that it hits you that way because that's how uh, it was introduced to me, you know, two actors who had done it in DC that I love so very dearly, dearly and are so very talented, you know, they were like, Hey, you know, you should like do this with somebody sometime somewhere. And, here's a copy of it. And and I was like, oh, you know, they're like, it's one of the best plays that I've ever done. And that's really stuck with me as an actor. And I will say that it's a very much a storytelling actor's play, which I love. I absolutely adore. And I'm so grateful for Sean writing this. Um, And if you have a moment, please listen to our interview with Sean Raycraft on our podcast. It's on the website, badmouthtc.com. And he goes into how he sort of developed the play, how he wrote it. And he wrote it for two actors who were a married couple. And so I'm just really thrilled that you felt the same way or feel the same way about it as I do. It just sticks with you. I mean, it's the kind of piece that when I, yeah, it's the kind of piece that when I first read it on my couch, in my living room, my wife was doing work at the dining room table on her computer and I got to we will we will say the pinnacle moment and I audibly gasped exclaimed and almost and and almost was like was sobbing I was welling up with tears because of this this story and what the way that he sets it up and the little just the little breadcrumbs that he gives you throughout and then he finally hits you with it and it is powerful. That is the best way I can think to quantify it without spoiling it. Yes. But I want to ask, Chance, how did you end up in Minneapolis-St. Paul? Because you were also on the East Coast for a bit. I was, yeah. So um, I have have a a journeyman's story, to say the least. Uh, (laughs) I grew up, uh, I was born in Hawaii. What? How did I not know this? I was born on Maui, um, and then my parents moved to the Pacific Northwest. I I grew up between uh, Southern Oregon and Southern California, and then I went to school in the South, 
at the University of North Carolina School of the Arts. Shout out, Fighting Pickles. Um, and then after that, like they tell you after, you know, back then when you finish conservatory, you either you go to New York or L.A. Well, I lived in L.A. and I'd never been to New York. So I packed up my life and moved to New York City, lived there for almost 15 years, um, met my wife there. Uh, and then as you do and you realize New York forces you to live a very specific type of lifestyle. Um, and my wife is also an actor. She is a proud graduate of Rutgers, um, but she is a Minnesota uh, original and uh, is from the Twin Cities area, technically uh, Cottage Grove, St. Paul Park area. Um, and we were not booking any work inside of New York City. Both of us were just mm -hmm. booking work outside of the cities regionally all the time. And we found ourselves over the course of four or five years only spending at most six months together. And, exactly. you know, at, at any one time, one of us was living alone, either in the artist housing at wherever we were booked or at our, you know, 100 square foot apartment in Brooklyn that cost us, <laughs> you know, $2,500 a month. Um, and so we identified. Ah, but the odors of New York and the <laughs> oh, yes. And yes, oh, oh, yes. And the train, hot garbage smell. Train. Oh, how I yeah. miss the hot garbage Very smell. Very good. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I interrupted you. I just had to. Oh, no. It's a, it, and I listen, also it, wanted to add that, that for anybody listening out there, the mascot of university. Wait, what is it? North Carolina, oh, University School, of North Carolina of the Arts, School of the Arts is actually a fighting pickle. It Go is the truth. Up. Google it. Google mm. it. Yeah. Um, and so cool. we we kind of identified that uh, we weren't happy. We we just kind of we knew that we were restless. We knew that we were unhappy. And then we finally realized, oh, we're not happy in New York. I don't think we want to continue to live this lifestyle and that is not me yucking anyone's yum who does still live there we still have many friends and loved ones who do live there and we visit often and i mean new york will always be one of my first loves i love it deeply but i we both knew that at that time we didn't want to stay there and we knew okay we're gonna leave where do we want to go where do we want to go where we can still be artists where do we want to go where we can have a cost of living decrease where can we go that has a, a deep, rich nature exposure? Because that's really important to, to me living in the Pacific Northwest and having access to, you know, the woods and some kind of, I told her, I said, I said, wherever we go, babe, I need to be close to water. It doesn't have to be coastal water, but I need to be close to water. I well, love We got a lot of water out here in Minnesota. <laughs> Especially right now. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I, the, the lakes are so high right now. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we debated, we debated staying in the Northeast. I knew I didn't want to stay in the Northeast. I didn't want to move to DC. That's not a cost of living decrease. We knew we didn't want to move to Boston. That's not a cost of living decrease. The same for the West Coast. We didn't really want to move back to the South. I had lived there for many years. And the more right. it, it kind of hit us like a ton of bricks one night, we were sitting we were sitting on our couch drinking a bottle of wine. And I just looked at her and I said, Maggie, I don't care where we go. Wherever we go, my home is with you. So why don't Aww. we, let's, let's give the Twin Aww. Cities a shot because through all of our discussions, 
Minneapolis St. Paul just pulled away from the others that pulled away from the pack so quickly with our criteria. And she grew up here. Her parents are OG actors from the Twin Cities, working at Actors Theater of St. Paul, working at the Guthrie, working at 10,000 Things, working at the Jungle. I mean, they were there when Bain started the Jungle. And so we knew that we could be artistically fulfilled here in a really, really deep way. And we just said, you know what, let's do it. We ripped the Band-Aid off and we moved to Minneapolis in October of 2019. Oh, honey. Ah, just in time. (laughs) Just in time to not get to know anyone. Oh, man. Not be able to plug into the theater. I I was lucky enough to book an understudy gig at the Children's Theater. And very quick story. The actor, one of the three actors who I was understudying, unfortunately had a very serious leg injury opening night. And they called me 2 a.m. after opening. And they said... So I hadn't even had my put in rehearsal yet. I hadn't had my understudy rehearsal yet. And they said, so tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., you have a put in rehearsal. We'll do a quick run through. And then you have two shows tomorrow. And I was in the, yeah, I was in the middle of running and, and it did not seem like this actor was going to be able to return to this role because it was a very serious injury. And it seemed like I was going to do the entire run of the show. Um, and one week we were kind of looking at each other going, Hmm, I wonder if we're going to be open next week. And then 24 hours later, they contacted us and said, tomorrow is your last show. It is not open to the public. It is invite only invite your friends. And then we're closing. And that was what March 12th or whatever the day was. Everything shut down. And then we, and then we, you know, we're very lucky. We have a very beautiful home here. We have a wonderful dog that we adopted a month after moving here. <laughs> oh, his, and uh, his name his tell him, tell him the name. We have a very adorable English bulldog and his name is Potato. Of course it is. <laughs> of course. But do you see Radio spud. why why we love Chance Carroll and I'm just saying he's amazing, but also you have to see him act. So there's really no reason not to come out. Because he's you got awesome. To. You got, got to. to. You got to. One Good Marriage, Phoenix Theater, May 2023, badmouthtc.com. Tickets are on sale now. Drag a friend. Drag five friends. Get people out to see live theater, contemporary theater. We love Shakespeare. You've seen Shakespeare. Come and try something new with us. It's going to be a really, really good time. Not throwing shade on on good old Willie. Not at all. No, no, not we're not bad. bad. We're not bad mouthing. No, bar. we're not bad mouth that bad mouth that way. We're bad mouth the other way. Go see Shakespeare too, right? I mean, I, I yeah, all theater is not uh, you know old timey theater. You know, there's new playwriting happening that is very vital, and this play has a great kind of currency there it's 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 germane if you've ever been in a relationship if you've ever been through trauma if you've ever Mm. laughed with someone else about something that you've been through if you've ever tried to explain an extraordinary event to someone amanda 
I was just going to say that all of the shows that we were binge watching, that still are, that we still are binge watching, a lot of those screenwriters and TV writers, they came from the theater, like Sean Raycraft. And so if you like those shows, if you like Mayfair Witches, if you love Slings and Arrows, go see their theater works. And they're rarely done, but get mm -hmm. out there because you don't want to miss them. 100%. And that that has been the case now for a while that showrunners in Hollywood have figured out. Mm -hmm. Initially, they figured out that playwrights are better at writing dialogue than pure screenwriters as a rule. But they also figured out that playwrights bring like a dramaturgical sensibility and a sense of structure that's very different. And playwrights have ascended to to become showrunners. It's quite a quite an incredible turn over the past uh, 10, 20 years. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a very, very cool thing to see live theater. There is nothing else like it. You get in the room, you're going to see Amanda and Chance live. I'll be lurking around probably doing, uh, doing the boards or something, uh, something like that, managing the lights. It's going to be a really, really good time. And I know we're going to have, have fun. It's called a play because adults gather and play. And you, too, are invited to just, like, let loose, you know, like, relax. I mean, just obviously don't heckle. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't mean let loose like that, but it's like, it, it, theater should not be this stuffy, uptight chore. And that is, we are the anti-chore theater. We are the anti-take-your-broccoli-theater at Badmouth Theater Company. We're not going to stage, yeah, we're not going to stage light fair ever that's not who we are uh i i love light fair in the theater just a play that has been honed i'm not going to name names uh, uh talk about particular plays but a play that's been honed into just like a laugh machine great love it that's not easy it's it's very very hard to do but that's not what we're going to be as a company we're going to be dramatic serious but not uh uptight uh moving theater that focuses on storytelling and the and the actors there aren't going to be explosions <laughs> i don't think there'll be uh, yeah. any tap dancing anytime soon unless yeah. you're going to surprise the audience and me chance yeah uh, no fireworks but uh Ch- no, my pre-show is a, ta- a tap uh, dance pre-show yeah yes metaphorical do you, do you, fireworks do you tap uh chance do you tap dance <laughs> i do i can oh. i actually am a i do i'm i'm a very good tap dancer i was legit wow. making a joke but oh, uh, people people are we... people are very surprised to hear that uh for those for listeners uh not to spoil anything because we don't want you to come see it but i am six foot four um i am a stout 250 pounds and i am light on my feet <laughs> wait a second so i can tap too not probably yep. as good as you or as well as you, but do we need to add a tap number, Kevin? No, no, no. I'm putting the kibosh on Kevin's this like right hard away. pass. <laughs> there is no room in this play for a, a tap dancing duet. There's I, no, unfortunately not. <laughs> However, I, I am a playwright. Mari is a playwright. So perhaps there, who knows? These are the kind of things where and now we're devising work. Mari, are you, are you ready to write a, yeah. I'm ready to write one good marriage too. Add some popular <laughs> tunes in there. Mm-hmm. One good marriage too. Electric Boogaloo, the tap. Uh, <laughs> I well, maybe want to talk to Sean before we start uh, messing with his intellectual property that savagely. Yeah, I don't know. All tapped out. 
One good yes, marriage. All tapped yeah. out. Stop it. Oh, Stop. No. <laughs> One bad divorce. Uh but this is this is really gonna be fun. So we're rehearsing this play over the next couple of weeks. And again, it is gonna be happening uh the uh, second uh, second weeks, the the end of May, basically. I wanna make sure I get the dates exactly right. It is May 19th to the 28th at Phoenix Theater. We also have a pay what you can at the door on Monday, May. 22nd but tickets are not that expensive we priced them hopefully in a way that's accessible to people and come on down get on down there's plenty of parking not gonna have a problem parking also it's like may in the twin cities which could not be more beautiful i think we know we're almost out of the winter we're almost out of the rainy april and then that i hope we get some really really good weather and again this is not a four-hour play this play runs just over an hour so you'll get in you'll be moved by these two great actors and this wonderful story this surprising story and then you'll be able to go you get out you go go to the bar go get something to eat after the show hang go out some ice cream Go get some ice cream. Do whatever you want to do on a beautiful summer night in wonderful Minneapolis, the town that we love. We do love Minneapolis. We're a St. Paul-based company, but don't hold it against us. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll even, like you said, Amanda, we'll even if you want to come over from Hudson, you want to come over, that's yeah. fantastic. We'd love to see you. It's a short drive. Not not that difficult. Chance, I want to get to know you Make a little a little. Yeah. Yeah, make a night of it. That's what it's all about. Let us make your night. That's what we want to do. We want to make your your night. Are you going on a date? Are you a young person trying to date after the brutally long winter that we had here in Minnesota? I I gear are you swiping? Are you swiping right now? Imaginary hypothetical young person. I assure you that if you swipe and you say you want to go to a show, you're going right to the top of the pile. You're going right to the yes. top, kid. One, and and you have to excuse me. I don't want to be too, but ladies, Mari Amanda, is that true? Is that correct? Absolutely. Everyone's mm -hmm. looking for a little culture. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I don't want to name names, but because we are a chill company, we could have a beverage, we can, I don't have to dress in my high heels. I'm just going for a chill night. It's a short night. We mm -hmm. could possibly get dinner or coffee or, you know, beforehand or ice cream or something afterwards. It's not a lengthy commitment. I don't have to wear the heels and, you know, put a face on and right. all of this. Come as you are to one good Yeah, marriage. yeah. Mm -hmm. And that would be such a good first date. Yeah, or a third date, or yeah. a fifth date. Yeah. I don't think there's any it's, bad number. I think it's a pro no, move, no matter what date number you're on. 100%. If you have an anniversary, it, have things not been going well? <laughs> this is an opportunity to, to really right the ship. It's called One Good Marriage, for the love of God. It's in the title. Come on. Uh, it, it's in the title. Yeah. Do you have a relationship that's on the rocks? Theater could help. I, I'm I'm only half joking. Like quite really. Like this would be and this would be a great date night too. You got maybe you have kids at home, children at at home. This is not a three and a half hour Hamlet with an intermission. God love it. Go do it. Have a great time. I'm not I'm not throwing shade. I'm just telling you this is a light. It, it is a light commit. You know, you could go. You yeah. could have dinner. You go see the show. You're home by nine. 
Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Hundred. All that stuff matters. I think that's one thing about like theater that we maybe sometimes act like it doesn't matter. It matters a mm. lot. So I am telling you to swipe right on this production of One Good Marriage, Sean Raycraft's One Good Marriage with Chance Carroll and Amanda Forstrom, directed by me, Kevin Kautzman, at Phoenix Theater. It is going to be great. Mari's heavily involved as well. Mari is coming coming from New York City. We're going to try to try to get her out here. We'll see what we can do. But she's involved in the rehearsal process too. Mari, I always appreciate your insights as well. You had some some good ones today on the uh, in in rehearsal. Well, it's like Amanda says, this play it has an interesting structure to say the mm. least. Which, if right. that's not enough to draw you out, maybe that maybe that hour long runtime will do it. But mm. you know, we're mm-hmm. trying to give you a unique creative experience over here at Bad Mouth Theater Company at the Phoenix Theater. Keep keep hammering it. I love it. Uh, I want to use like the last quarter of this episode, the last third of this episode to get to know you a little bit more, Chance. So born on Maui. Tap dances. Mm -hmm, Tap dances. (laughs) I mean. Has a bulldog. facts here and there. Yeah. But where did your theater career begin? When did you decide? When did you say, ah, the stage acting? That's for me. I was lucky enough to grow up in a town in Southern Oregon called Ashland, where the Oregon Shakespeare Festival is one of the premier Shakespeare festivals in the country. I was very, very lucky to be exposed to the arts at a very young age. I was, I was working on Shakespeare as young as my first memory of working on Shakespeare is as young as like six or seven years old in a youth Shakespeare camp that was run by the Oregon Shakespeare Whoa. Festival. That's why. Yeah. And so it was, you know, I'm sure it was just something at the time that my mom plugged me into for something to do, something to, you know, fill the time and and take up the attention of a, of a young crazy boy. And Does she regret her decision now? She <laughs> she was the most supportive and uplifting woman throughout my entire young and adult career. And really what locked it in was uh, I moved to L.A. for a period of time between first and fifth grade. Um, and then moved back to Southern Oregon to do middle and high school, was doing middle school plays, was doing, you know, community theater around. And then I got to Ashland High School, which to this day still has a partnership with the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. There's, you know, many high schools around the country where you have kind of one person, one person running the show. You have one person choosing the shows, directing the shows, um, and, uh, and that is that is wonderful for them. We were very lucky to have uh, professionals from the Oregon Shakespeare Festival coming in and teaching acting classes, full semester long acting classes, uh, professional directors directing our shows throughout our season. And it was really there that I realized that there was nothing else I wanted to do other than spend my time in the theater. I said before that I'm six foot four, I weigh, you know, two buck 50. And 
everybody wanted me to play football. Everybody wanted me to play basketball. And I wanted nothing more than to just be in the theater. I wanted to be in a dark room with lights on me, people applauding me. (laughs) And uh, it was there that I actually met my mentor, who at the time was the producing director of uh, the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, who is now uh, working at the Westport Country Playhouse, uh, David Dreyfus. Uh, He choreographed me as uh, as uh, Albert in Bye Bye Birdie. And then the following year, uh, he directed me in uh, Fiddler on the Roof. I played Tevya. And it was uh, it was the following year when I was playing Harold Hill in The Music Man that I asked him, I, I said, David, I, it would, you know, we had we had collaborated now multiple years ago. And I, I had asked him, I said, David, would you be so kind as to mentor me for my senior project at Ashland High School? They have you do. Everyone chooses a quote unquote senior project that they present at the end of the year. And I wanted to direct the complete works of William Shakespeare abridged. I didn't even get the sentence out. And he said, absolutely, absolutely, I will. And from that moment on, we have had just an incredible bond. Um, I was, I lost my father when I was two. I never really got to know him. And David has been a de facto father figure for me through my life and through my professional career. And uh, he was the one who encouraged me to go to a conservatory. Um, You know, I, I, I did the audition tour in San Francisco, auditioned for everybody, and uh, the University of North Carolina School of the Arts was kind enough to have me. And I mean, from morning till night, you are doing, you know, you have a few hours of academics in the morning, but then you are doing, you are doing your craft from 10 a.m. until sometimes 2, 3, 4 in the morning, depending on what rehearsals you have with you know, scheduled things uh, via your show or projects you're creating with people. Um, and it is the it is the thing that I think fulfills and propels me forward in my life in all moments. I love it so much. I love I love breaking down a script. I love tossing tossing around creative ideas and trying to get to the bottom of what, who, who is this person that I am trying to inhabit? Who is this person that I'm trying to communicate with across from me? And and then having, you know, the outside eye, like, give me, you know, feedback of, hey, maybe it's, maybe it's this, maybe it's not. I don't know. Let's try it. It's one of the, I think it's one of the few, I think it's one of the few disciplines in this world where you are encouraged to, and my, our, the, our, the dean of our, school said this the first week and I'll never forget it. He said, what we want you to do here is we want you to try. We want you to fail. And then we want you to try again. And we want you to fail better. And That's a Samuel Beckett quote. And it was just, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks that it is the discipline where you are encouraged to try and you are, to, you should never be embarrassed being seen to try. And that is that is what has driven me and propelled me all of these long and short thirty nine years. Beautiful, mm. that's uh, wonderful. It's as I'm listening to you, it reminds me that theater is this uh, totally intellectual pursuit, but it's also totally physical. It's the marriage of all of those things. Really, is the oldest art form. Marriage. Yeah. 
<laughs> one good maybe even yeah, yeah. A good one good marriage, marriage it is yes it is. indeed but it's and it can be as high-minded as you want or it can be as lowbrow as you want it's a bucket it's a bucket yeah. that you you can use it's infinitely plastic i love that about it and as a language person i i just love that when we were talking about the bard earlier mm-hmm. or edward devere right haha <laughs> just kidding um, the bard, Mari's um, Kevin likes to start chronically online. Yeah, she, she Kevin knows, likes to yeah. start stuff with the with the bard people. <laughs> right, right. The side yeah. They fall on, yeah. so don't yeah. fall for it, Chance. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be good. I'm not biting. Uh, I'm not gonna bite. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was bait. That was bait. Jiff. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, you know if you go with Shakespeare if he says, "Ah, lo, I stand upon the plains of war." I don't need. I don't need sound effects. I don't need somebody making a big fuss in the back. Fine if you want to do it, but I I go there. It it Mm. really tells us a lot about our human nature as creatures of story. Uh, And getting to to be in the theater is like you're given a skeleton key into human nature. Uh, But of course, when you emerge, when you cross over to the other side, you're in a hall of mirrors and then you have to get yourself out of the way. Um, as a theater is own kind of a spiritual practice of getting over your own ego mm. is maybe underrated, but this is for a different podcast. I'm getting a little bit uh, <laughs> sentimental. I love here. it when Kevin gets some, going. I have some theories. I have, I have, this will be for the podcast down by the docks later. We'll talk about <laughs> Edward Devere and the, uh, the spiritual side of theater, but um, chance that was, that was really well told. I love that. And uh, so then you, you, cease to be well i I suppose once uh what is it a a fighting pickle once a A fighting pickle pickle, yes once a fighting pickle always a fighting pickle so you graduate and then did you (laughs) did you say this already you you just you you shot straight to new york from there you know at the time it was it was the that was the pipeline that was the idea was Mm -hmm. that that was the place to go that was that was kind you know the the whole idea is that like if you want to book work anywhere you go to new york city because anywhere is going to audition out of new york which is Mm -hmm. which is not untrue still um but one thing that i think i do love uh now that i am you know nigh on 20 years graduated um is that uh and it took me a long time to come to this is that uh, there are people making incredible art, theatrical, music, visual art, writing, dance, whatever. There are people making absolutely incredible art everywhere, in every single town, in every state, in every country of this world. People are making art. And if you want to do that, if you truly want to do that, you will find them and they will find you. If you would have told me that I would be on this podcast with the three of you two or three years ago, I I would have just, I I wouldn't have scoffed. I would have just been like, how, how am I going to know how to do this in the twin cities in Minnesota, a place I grew up on the West coast, lived on the East coast, never lived in the Midwest, but I have found kindred spirits who have the same passion and drive that I do some more so some who have really driven me to work harder and work smarter and more focused. Um, And so if if you want to make art in your life, do it because there are people it is, I mean, it is what Amanda and Kevin were saying earlier. This, this, this drive that we have is 
so it, it, the world is so small. We find each other. You will find each other. You will, you will be drawn into the orbit of other artists. Um, so, you know, so going back to your actual question, Kevin, yeah, the, the pipeline at the time was go to New York. And all of my friends were going to New York. Uh, very few, very, very few moved to D.C., even fewer moved to L.A. At the time, Atlanta really wasn't a hub that it was now. Um, and so and and I had no even concept that there was, you know, a, a scene in the Twin Cities, let alone considering Chicago. Um and so, you know, I I did the thing you do in your 20s, which is you go, you move into an apartment with your young, your young, dumb friends, and you 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 work your uh look at you, work, you Mari. <laughs> you know, you work your crazy restaurant job till four in the morning and you stand in the party until six a.m. and you go on an audition at 10. Um and it's wonderful, and I love that, and I cherish that, and I, I do think everyone should give it a shot. And if it's for you, hold on to it. I thought I was going to be a lifer in New York. I really did. I really I did legitimately too. Yeah, yeah, I did. For people a would say, I would tell people, I'm going to live here the rest of my life. And you know, things change, and that's okay. Everything. Yeah, and I, yeah, yeah. and I think I think that people were forced to learn that with COVID a little bit, you yes. know, and to come to some. Uh, thing within themselves that says hey you know i'm i'm happy you know f you know for myself i'm happy to be doing this work and i'm grateful that i'm getting these parts but what's um what is it seems like there's something missing or uh things change and it's okay to acknowledge that things change and there are all of us everywhere and if you can't find people be the person that other people come to and and so I find myself looking in like these small towns because I live kind of in the suburbs of Minneapolis of art classes. And, you know, I there was a poster in my apartment building for this school doing Matilda and and, and all of these things will pop up when you are in when you're on the right path, I feel like. But that's also for another podcast. It so. is. It is. And we're bringing this one home. Badmouth Theater Company. One Good Marriage, Phoenix Theater here in Minneapolis. This May 2023, tickets at phoenixtheater.com and uh, at badmouthtc.com. You can find the link. Do not miss it. We'll probably do another episode about this because it's such a, uh, it's phoenixtheaterminneapolis.org. The best way to the best way is to go to badmouthtc.com. That URL is easy to remember. Let me hit it one more time. Badmouthtc.com. You cannot miss the link to One Good Marriage featuring Chance and Amanda. Chance, who we got to know here a little bit. Chance, thanks, thanks so much for sharing your talent and your time and you know, talking to us about theater on this on this podcast. I'm re-energized after our long rehearsal. Yeah. I could do this, I could do this all day. This is amazing. Uh, Mari, Kevin, Amanda, thank you so much for having me here on the podcast to just let me, you know, to let me talk and wax poetical. I'm so grateful to have met you all and to be working and collaborating. And I cannot wait to bring one good marriage to the Phoenix Theater. I am so excited to show the world this piece. I love it so deeply. It has infected me. And I hope that you all please come out to see it. This is a work that deserves to be shared with so many people. Chance, thank you so much for saying yes when I asked you for one good marriage. 
Aww. 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 You've been listening to Mouthing Off on 94.1 FM Frogtown Radio. Signing off. Aww. That was nice. Oh, my God. Oh, I love you. Oh. I just love all you people.